This is Ryan Parsons with Grow With The Bros, the number one recommended podcast by my mom. So be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and definitely share it with somebody you think will find value in it. Thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back to Grow With The Bros. Joining us is our very own Mario Capodeferro. Mario has been a million-dollar solutionist for four years in a row, which led to taking over the sales management role that included selling and managing the HV sales team. After running peer groups, he began running the training of all new solutionists as well as developing developmental sales programs, which then led to him being head of sales training and development for our entire franchise. Today, he'll be sharing some of the most important factors in crushing your sales goals and making a successful solutionist. Mario, welcome to Grow With The Bros. Well, thank you so much and thank you for having me. This is a big moment for me. I'm it's a big for us. It. Yeah, this is nice. great. This is great. This is awesome. Yes, yes. And it's crazy that we are actually sitting here in this moment, given how you started with us. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, talk about making a good first impression. Yeah. Yeah. Should I get someone else in for that? Uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take I'll take hold on this one. Uh, I'll, I'll run with it. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, talk about making a good first impression. So uh, where does it begin? It begins with me uh, being dedicated to a company uh, prior to being here for about 10 years. And, uh, you know, showing up every day, doing what they asked me to do, being a Swiss Army knife, so to speak. And one day I walk in on a Monday morning when we had our sales meetings and the place was a little different, had a different vibe going on. And I uh, saw some suits walking around, people I didn't recognize. And uh, yeah, the crux of the story is that they sold the business uh, to another big box uh, company. So I went to the owner. I'm like, hey, what happened here? You know, uh, what's going on? He's like, yeah, we sold the company. I didn't want to let you know. Uh, I was afraid you would bail because you're part of uh, you're part of the package, so to speak. They want to take you on as an employee. So um, that's what happened. And uh, three months later, we fast forward. They they let me go. You know, they took all my relationships, all the work that I did in those ten years with that company. I, they transferred me over to their way of doing things, and then boom, kicked me, kicked me out the door. So um, had to make finding a job my job. And so that's what I did. Uh, you know, the, the biggest uh, part of it was it was the timing. You know, I just bought a house, young kid. I'm just trying to get my, my feet under me in the world. And boom, this happens. So uh, I went out there. I found something familiar. It was, um, it was, a, it was a lawn care company. And uh, I've had some experience with that in the past. I was kind of I kind of was drawn to it because I was familiar with the industry. Um, they were up and running and, and up and coming. They just got their location uh, kind of opened up and they were looking for someone like me to kind of get their their sales world uh, up to speed, so to speak. So uh, I went in there, I got hired. And uh, the day I went to go get my, you know, my computer, all my sales slicks, my shirts and all that stuff, I went home and uh, I walked through the door almost immediately. I was like, you know what? Let me just take one more look out there just just for just for giggles, you know, and, and see what else is out there. Um, so I went on uh, I went online. And I saw this ad for high-end gutter sales. And I, I blindly just sent my resume. Just there was something about it that I was drawn to it. And sure enough, um, you called me about, Ryan, you called me about an hour or so later. And uh, we had a great, great conversation. And uh, we left off with, hey, come on down and come, out, come check out the place. 
And I kept saying, no, I took on a position, you know, I appreciate it, but uh, I don't know if this is for me right now. The timing's not great. I want to stick to uh, my commitments. So um, I just kept trying to push you off the phone, but you wouldn't get off the phone with me. And uh, so in order to get you off the phone, I said, you know what? Yeah, sure. I'll show up. And uh, <laughs> it was for the next day. Yep, yep. And uh, you probably know it's coming. Uh, I didn't show up. And what? Yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. Can you believe I it? I remember being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must have not felt great that day. You must. Did you think it was like you? It was like, is it a me thing? No, it's never a me thing. Uh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> uh, it wasn't. Um, so uh, you called me. I answered the phone. Uh, and I said, yeah, I, I, I told you I'd show up just to get you off the phone, man. I, you know. You were being pretty persistent. And you again, your persistence kicked in, uh, which I respect. And uh, you said, come on down. Just check out the place. You, I think you even said, you don't have to even talk to anybody. Just come down here. Check it out. See what we got going on. And so that's what I did. I drove down there. And um, I remember. I remember it like it was yesterday. I pulled up to this business plaza. When I first pulled in, I was like, wait, am I in the right place? How could there be a gutter company in uh, the same place? There's a pizzeria, right? And uh, sure enough, there was. So... I remember climbing these steps. There was this gray carpeted steps, a little dirty, a little dingy. And I remember every step I took, I'm like, I'm wasting my time. I should be, I should be out there, uh, you know, getting my, my feet under me with that new position that I accepted. And, um, you know, sure enough, I got to the top of the steps. And the second I turned the corner, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, I knew I was going to be working here. So um, that was the beginning of my journey. That's uh, awesome. So yeah, yeah. And did yeah. you mention how you were actually late for that interview as uh, well? I left that part out. I mean, I'm trying to make myself look a little good here. <laughs> All right. you know? uh, yeah. yeah, no, I was also late for that. But w what I think is important about this story, and I, I can't help but point this out for anybody who's listening that's saying, you know, why would you give someone a chance who ghosted you? You know, just move on. They're not worth it. They don't, they're not professional or anything like that. What I realized a long time ago, you know, being in the gutter business or being in certain trades or whatever your business is, it, it might not look that good to the person applying. Some people are just applying to jobs and they're, they're I, I think they said the average person a job uh, applies to seven jobs in like 10 seconds. So however they have it set up, you know, that's why when you call somebody, they seem surprised. Oh, wait, what company is this? I realized we've got to work a little bit harder to get people to realize that this is a, a good opportunity. It's, it's hard if you don't know anything about the gutter business to think, how am I going to support my family on gutters? Is there enough gutters in this area? And you quickly find out that you can. And so I saw something in you. I saw something in your resume. I heard it. And I'm like, if he could just come here and see how great we are, then maybe we could establish that this would be a good fit. And I wasn't sure, but I, I liked your resume. I thought you'd be a good fit. We hit it off on the phone. So I, pre I, I even pressed think I on. I might have said, Ryan, forget that guy. He's not even calling you back. Probably. I can imagine what, that. Yeah. That's what anyone would say. Um, but now, I mean, fast forward. Good thing yeah. he didn't listen to me. You accepted the job and you were even hesitant because you had to go give back the stuff. It was embarrassing. Yeah. It you was, should have kept that computer. Then I wouldn't have to give you one. I should have. You're right. You're right about that. That's true. That's all very true. But yeah. no, it was absolutely awesome. And to just see your arc here. For who you were, and I know you, you've talked before about just being comfortable and, and how you like, talk a little bit about how that makes you feel that you were, you were comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, you mean comfortable in where I was prior to this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's something to be said for being comfortable. And I think being comfortable is the number one preventer of growth. Um, and the more I've, 
been here and I've learned from, because I consider you both to be mentors of mine. I've learned so much from you. Just being around you, just you absorb so much. Ryan's um, more of a tormentor, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> hey, either way, it gets through. It gets through. Um, but being comfortable was something that I was very comfortable with. And there was something about having uh, a predictable nature to my day. I was five minutes away from the shop. I would go in. I'd have my routine. Everything was the same. It was There was no, I plateaued. I wasn't I didn't, I didn't have a raise in five years, um, you know, so there was something to be said for being comfortable um, that led me to kind of a complacency and probably was, I was probably writing on the wall, things going on that I, I don't know if I chose to ignore, but perhaps because I was so comfortable and, you know, just focused like this, yeah, blinders were on. So yeah, comfortable was, uh, didn't do me, didn't do me any good. I can say that. For so sure. can you say that we make you uncomfortable? Uh, extremely. Yes, extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. Are you uh, comfortable now? <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, I'm getting a little nervous now. Okay? But, no, yeah. It's, but you guys have uh, provided a platform for me to grow and find myself, which is uh, I'm forever grateful for. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So what do you love most about your role these days? Yeah. So these days, so, you know, from solutionist uh, to Hudson Valley sales manager and solutionist to Hudson Valley sales manager, and now, um, you know, head of sales training and development, uh, you know, it was pretty evident to me early in my sales career that I love sales and I love the high of, you know, winning the business and I love the high of you know, working for an account and doing all those little things that eventually lead to that win. Um, but what spoke to me more than anything was helping other people win. And that was a big thing for me. Uh, and I remember it just through little, little moments in my sales career where I was training people and helping them get better. And I would notice that people would come to me, kind of little side conversations, asking me for opinions on things and uh, approaches. And uh, the more I gave away, the more I gave, the happier I was. Um, I didn't want to keep it to myself. I wanted to see other people succeed. Um, I know what it's like to not be successful. I know what it's like to be in a room full of salespeople that don't want any good for you. And, um, you know, you know, we've all experienced that in the sales world. So um, what I love most about where I am right now is that I can give endlessly. And I can change people's lives. Like we've talked about that. You know, we're, we literally do change people's lives. Um, and I've, I've been given the ability, I've been given the keys to do that, which is, is pretty remarkable for me. Um, you know, it's emotional because, you know, there's, there's times I get people from all walks, right? I'll, I'll get people that um, they're, they're doing well, but they want to get just that much better, right? And that's, that's exciting and great too. And I'm getting people that are struggling mightily, you know, and they're, they're losing sleep at night and they're, and, they're, and they're having struggles that they can't seem to overcome. And it's kind of like, okay, let's fix this. Let's, let me get my arms around you here and let's find what we have and work with that and then build something big uh, on top of it. And seeing that tangible change uh, that feedback from people, you know, seeing their whole lives change right before your eyes. That's been my, my most favorite and beloved part of this job. So wow. yeah, this position yeah. now coming yeah. from sales, it's very cutthroat. Did yep. you feel when we were putting you in the position to train others, did you feel a hesitancy to, to really give to them? Were you kind of like, do I got to hold my cards a little close? Should I just give them a little bit? Or did you just open the floodgates or was it a process? Uh, I, I think, well, I think at the beginning, that's a, it's a good way to put it. There was a process involved with it. And, it, and it's not because I didn't want to give. It's because I didn't know what giving would do, right? I didn't know how it would be received because some people aren't very receptible 
to information. Um, so that was really my hesitancy because uh, we all know that, and we're, we're going to get into this more, but there's ego in sales and people have ego. Uh, and if you're not ready to receive information, you're not going to receive it and you're not going to do anything with it. So that was really my hesitation. That's where that process came from was like, okay, I, I want to help you. I want to make you better, but are you willing to receive that? And uh, that was really my hesitation. I didn't want to come off like a know-it-all, you know, like I knew everything because I didn't and I still don't, still learning and growing. Um, but I saw right away certain things uh, in our process, in our sales uh, culture that I could fix and make better. Uh, it was that hesitancy of coming off a certain kind of way, I guess, was the challenge for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So you love acronyms. I do. You do. <laughs> I do. We I got do. some VIP. Yes, we got we do. some push. Glow. We got, got glow. glow. Gorgeous got ladies of wrestling. We got some cash. <laughs> Money. So tell us. Tell us about cash. Cash. All right. This this is Everybody been, likes cash. They do. And and you know what? So this, that's really where it came from. Um, we talk about cash flow. These are things we look at. We do cash analysis, all these things. Uh, where, where does cash come from? Where does it start? Sales, right? I mean, that's where, that's where that cash flow begins. You got to bring in sales in order to create the cash flow to get the jobs done. Um, we say it around here all the time, sales cures all. Um, but you need to have sales in order for it to cure all. And so I thought of this acronym uh, basically because there's something missing as far as how we approach our sales process that I thought, all right, this, this will not only be good for people who are hiring salespeople, but a good self-check for those who are in sales, which is I want it to be twofold. And I think this is a really, really good example of that. So cash, you want me to get into it a little bit, guys, or, let's, or what? Let's yeah. dig in. All right, all right. And cool. this is yours. Like, this is mine. This, this is my is baby. Yours. This yeah. is your baby. This is my baby. You didn't hear uh, this from some book or some nope. seminar. Nope. You no. made this up yourself. This, this is ours. This cash. Is ours. Yeah. Cash. TM yeah. Brothers Gutters 2022. No. Seriously. Copyright. Yes. So the letter C yep. stands for coachability. Um, this is big. So I run several programs in the sales world. And uh, one of the things I've started to do, and almost from the, pretty much from the beginning, was do a qualification call. And this has a lot to do with the actual rep that we're, we're working with, the solutionist. The first thing I have to know, it's one of the first things I get into, is this person coachable? Um, if they're not coachable, again, if they're not willing to receive information, um, if they're gonna be the, oh, I'm doing that person, that's, it's like an, a syndrome people have. Oh, I'm doing that and it's not working. Oh, I'm doing that and it's, it's, it's not working. I do that all the time. Um, you're not coachable, all right? You're, <laughs> that's not coachable. That's, you're, not, you're not willing to receive information. Um, so coachability is the beginning uh, of the end for some people. You know, if you can't put your ego aside, if you can't open up to receive something new, or if you can't open up to receive the fact that maybe you are doing that, but maybe you're not doing it right or well, it's something to be said for someone who has that ability to just say, okay, whatever it is, let's, let's do it, you know, and, and just kind of put their hands up and say, coach me, help me. Um, so coachability is huge. So what do you do with uh, when you find out in your initial call or how many calls that go, go on to discover whether they're coachable or not? Mm -hmm. Um, what do you do when they're not? What, what do you do with that? I, I think I've developed kind of a reputation um, for not sugarcoating much. It's kind of how I think I established myself here. It was not because I'm trying to be a hard ass in any way. I was just want I just want to be real with people. The worst thing you can do is sugarcoat something for someone because they'll never change. If you say, "Oh, you know, you're doing so great at this, keep going," when you're not, 
you're, you're not. And uh, the reality of the matter is I have to have a frank conversation and say, I have red flags here. This person doesn't sound coachable. Uh, it sounds like uh, you're enabling them. You're enabling to have bad behaviors. You're enabling them because maybe you're afraid of losing someone who's average. Why would you be afraid of that? Um, why would you do things to keep somebody that doesn't really have the best interest for you or the company in mind? Um, you know, when I hear things like, yeah, we have, he doesn't have really, he or she doesn't have time to do follow-ups. We have somebody doing it for them. Time out. Red flag. Right? Red flag. <laughs> Red flag number one. So I, I can't ignore those things. Uh, my, my, my position is that I have to do what's best um, for them. And if that means me being a little brutally honest with them, so then is the franchise just reframe like yes, your yes. position yeah, yep. and and the scenario that you're in when you're you're talking sure. to a yeah. So the franchisee, yeah, okay, the owner, the uh, the person who's invested in us, uh, I, I'd be doing them a disservice to lie to them. In, in essence, is what it would be. Uh, why would I tell you that this is good when it's not? And I do find that those are moments that sometimes create a silence on the phone, sometimes create an awkwardness. But those are the people that come back to me in two or three months and say, Mario, you're right. You know, what do you do? Um, what do you think? What, do you, what would be some of your advice that you could give to uh, somebody who is maybe in a, a startup phase of their business or looking to go to their second rep from their first one? They did OK on the first one or or they didn't. What do you think are some things that they could do to catch something like that before they take it to the next level to have? them you you invest in them and to, just to uncover this yeah I, I think that's a great question uh and a lot of times there's not going to be a good way to do that because you're always going to get the quote-unquote best version of somebody especially in an interview scenario uh a lot of times you don't see any, somebody's true colors to two sometimes one month two months down the road um there are ways to, to catch that like asking certain type of uh, scenario questions you know w what did you do at, you know at one point in your sales career when you didn't know how to do something and uh, you found yourself in a position where you didn't have the answers. Did you A, provide an answer on the fly and just you know, hope it stuck? Did you B, say, you know what, that's a great question. Um, you know, let me get back to you on that. Let me get, let me get another mind on that one. Um, now, that's, those two answers are pretty telling. If someone has an ego and they're not willing to be coachable, they're probably going to go ahead and sling some, some BS answers around in that scenario. But if they are coachable and they, and they can put their ego aside and not know something, and they're willing to hit pause and, and be, you know, it's a little humility there uh, and say, hey, listen, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. That shows me that you're coachable. That means you're willing to receive. And so you're not you're you're not afraid to, sh to say you don't have the answers. It's just a and it also question. shows somebody like me who in a situation as a customer, yep. you know, I can respect somebody that tells me that somebody's not a know it all. Yeah. As opposed to somebody who's giving me a line of crap. You know, yep. I've been around the block and so have many of the customers that we have out there, you know, they can sense something like that. And that, so that's great to try and nip that in the bud 100%. in an interview yeah. before you expose your brand and your company Absolutely. to, Absolutely. to that. I love scenarios like that. Put the, put their mind in that place and see how they react. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Before we move on to uh, a, mm -hmm. you know, have you ever encountered somebody that was not coachable, mm -hmm. but they turned the corner and became coachable? Or is this a deal breaker one? It's not necessarily a deal breaker. Okay. Um, no. And, and they're, they're, so there's, there are people, so you, you can start off not coachable. And I'm okay with that because there's other things that I, you know, I, it's not the only question I ask, you know. Um, 
you know, certain people genuinely want to be better. And there's a genuine want for that. I don't know if that makes sense to you. But what I mean by that is that they ha- they're driven by wanting to be better. So that's a really good start right there. So if they have that about them, and if I have to go and actually speak to the solutionist in a second phone call first, and I get that sense, okay, they do want to be better. It's going to take some work on my part to be able to knock some of those walls down. But if that underlying tone is that I want to be better, I want what's best, I can work with it. And yes, I have had scenarios where, you know, first couple ones could be a little rough, a little, be, and you know, and the, the, the owners are on, okay, they're there, I have them there. All, all anybody who wants to be involved in these in these trainings, they're allowed to be there. So you're, you, there's a little bit of a spotlight going on here, and you can your first reaction could be um, you know to be defensive, and so sometimes it's a lot of that too, breaking that down. But there has been there have been uh, times for sure. Do you um, have somebody not to mention any names? Yes. Yeah, but maybe you could use a fake name. Do you have a scenario <laughs> that comes to mind where you were able to f- deal with somebody that yeah. wasn't coachable yep. but had those underlying qualities that you're talking about mm-hmm. that you got out of them yep. and they were able to turn the corner? 100%. Yeah, the first, when the second that question was asked, it was somebody that came right to my mind. That's yep, great. Absolutely. And uh, I, I get I the one of these people told me they love me. All right. Aww. The owner told me they literally set, sent me an email, I love you, man. All right, so that's the kind of that's the kind of needles we're moving around, here. and that's what honesty yeah. gets you. Yeah, yeah. you know, yep. like you you hit them with hard stuff, you work through some stuff, and now they love you. Absolutely, man. All right, we got coachability. Yep. A, A, absorbability. Now these are all, as you can see, these are all going to revolve around abilities. Okay, yeah. abilities that someone should possess in order to be. Uh, a successful solutionist, uh, and uh, absorbability is a big one, okay? And it has a lot to do with, <sighs> all right, yeah, I can give you information. This is going to sound silly, but if I'm giving, uh, if we're going through a training in any, in any respect, and I don't see somebody writing things down or typing them in a computer, nothing infuriates me more, <laughs> okay? So already me you're too. telling, unless you have, <laughs> un- unless you... <laughs> Yeah. Go on. Uh, <laughs> Somebody but uh, uh, unless you, <laughs> I'll take yours. Unless you have some kind of photographic memory, then let me know that right away. Well, that's because me. so, so that's oh, they then you're off the hook. <laughs> um, but absorbability is a huge thing, and it, and it does start with engagement. Okay, when I see engagement, I, I know we're heading down the path of absorbability. They're going to take this information. Yes, we t- we say it all the time here in many capacities. Drinking through a fire hose. I get that. It's going to be a lot of information. It's going to be rapid fire. Um, but if you're writing it down and you're engaged and I can see it in your eyes, that's absorbability. And then when we go through, uh, you know, working together, uh, if I check in with you in a month and I, and I find out, all right, what I gave you, how are you using it? Oh, this is what I'm doing. Tell me how it's changing your results. I've done this. I've done that. Now there's times I go back the next week and I'll say, okay, did you go visit an install crew? And uh, knock on the neighbor's doors. You only had two leads, you know, um, on last Thursday. You told me for a fact. Did you go and do that? No, no, I didn't do that because, okay. So uh, did you absorb that information? Yes, you heard it. Yes, you're aware of it. But you didn't absorb it. You didn't internalize it. And then you didn't put it into action, uh, which is now implementation, which is what ties into absorbability. So if you're able to receive, if you're willing to receive, now you can absorb it. Now it's time to implement it. And there's the difference. So you have to possess that ability. So, I like it. Uh, and I've seen this happen just recently in 
somebody that you've been coaching recently, mm-hmm. you know, and you could tell the difference between somebody who's not uh, have absorbability and somebody who doesn't, because the person that doesn't, what I've noticed is that, yeah, it goes into their head, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it from the head to their heart. Nope. And when it goes to their heart, there's a, 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 an aliveness about that person, a hunger about that person, an enthusiasm, a passion that goes in because they've not, they've absorbed it into their brain and their heart and that it's manifesting itself externally. Uh, yeah, they internalize, they internalize it. Now it's manifesting itself externally because of the, uh, them being that absorbable sponge. I love it. Yeah, right? that's 100% spot on. I mean, and I can see it as I'm working with people, uh, especially more on that in that one-to-one uh, kind of world. As we evolve and they do possess that absorbability, I'm telling you, there's a look in there. They start to, just the look in their eyes changes. Over the course of five weeks, it, you could see the physical manifestations on someone's face that truly absorbs information and then puts it into work and then sees how it works. I'm, I've seen I've seen people turn from one thing to another in a positive direction. It's 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 unreal the amount of because when you when you absorb the information, uh, and I tell them, listen, I'm not I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to I'm not here to whatever happens to you is nothing to do with me. You know, I, I tell them the best way to control your future is to what? Control your future. Control your future. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. The saying. best way to predict your future is to, you know, you create your own future. Yeah. Um, so if I'm giving you this information, put it into work and, and just seeing that change in their face is unbelievable. And then, but there's some, some that are just, they Deer never in the change. Headlights. Yeah. They never change. They never right. implement anything, but some do end up doing it. It takes a little while. Yeah. So that fuse gets lit and it just takes a little bit longer for it to get to the dynamite. So it'll happen maybe four weeks after I'm done with them, which I can live with too. Right. Yep. So That's you have great. to be extremely patient. <laughs> you do. You do. Position. Yeah. You, you do. That's you do. Good. All right. So tell us about S. the next one. Sustainability. This is the one. This is a big one, guys. Okay. Um, and really the, the sustainability was the one that really inspired this whole thing for me because what I'll do is I'll watch people that I work with and I can coach them into success in that time period. But my biggest fear is that once I'm done and I'm not in your face every week or multiple times a week, cause we create text feeds. We do everything that we do to, to have that team feeling throughout that time. And sometimes even after that, um, and then I'm, I'm watching you and then I watch you a week later, I watch you two weeks later and then a month later. And then I start to see things go right back to the way they used to be. I know you're capable of it, but you're not capable of sustaining it, which is where this motor comes in. Um, so it's, th- this is the thing. And it ties into uh, what we have here, absorbability. So absorbability, you take the information, you implement it. Sustainability, you take the information that you implement and cement. That means you have to maintain that. And that's, that's typically the difference between an average solutionist and those high performers. Um, they have the ability to implement those things, but then cement them into their sales culture and into their sales process. Um, not possessing that motor is one of the biggest challenges. And it's, that's why I start talking about it towards the end. I say, listen, all right, guys, and I, and I get a little vulnerable. I said, this is when I start getting a little nervous, okay? Because I'm watching your numbers go up. I'm seeing change. What are you going to do when I'm not in your face every week? What are you going to do when I'm not tapping you on the shoulder? Hey, this text feed's pretty quiet. What's going on? You know, what are you going to do then? And um, that's, that's, I make them have a healthy fear of sustaining that because that's the difference. 
you know, you have to be able to continue to do it. That's the motor. So. Do you find that that's pretty rare with salespeople? Because it seems that salespeople, uh, especially when they hit a little bit of a mm -hmm. little bit of a rocky spot, which yep. every everybody that's done sales hits a little bit of a slump. Absolutely. Right. And uh, do do you feel that um, that's a it's it's not a normal thing for salespeople to keep motivated. Is that why when you developing a sales team, you know, taking it to the next level, you know, when you're ready to have a sales manager, because um, salespeople, do you feel that salespeople in general need that uh, motivation to keep that motor running, that outside source, or do you feel that salespeople in themselves for the most part can keep it running after your you or an owner right. is is done doing what they do to motivate see, them see that's what i think i think there's 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 something to be said for the answer somewhere in the middle okay um i think <clears throat> excuse me uh one of the biggest problems with that is uh when you have to constantly fill someone's tank and i mean constantly i'm not talking once a week we're you know we'll get we'll motivate we'll have yeah, a good they're, meeting they're, they're training the life right blood that, us, that starts to become life. yeah that's the Force issue out of you that's yeah. the issue uh, i don't mind filling the tank but when I have to do it day in, day out, convince you, you know, I have I, I, and to convince you to believe, um, that's when I have the problem. And that's, that's the difference. Uh, you have to cascade vision. You have to uh, keep, keep them fired up. That is part of the job. Yeah. But someone who constantly requires that feeling can get really exhausting. And typically, it doesn't, it's not very long lasting. Wow. Now, how do you feel that you kept the, the motor running for you? I mean, because it, yeah. it, it can be a grind. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. exciting have a killer day, but after a while, yeah. you know, how do you get over that? How do you keep it running? Um, well, the answer is not a simple one and, and, and I'll, I'll be vulnerable now. There's, there's I, some of my darkest times in my sales career have been with brothers gutters it's messed up. and that's horrible to say, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's taught me the most, you know, um, because this, I always say, and people will, will echo this. If, if you're doing this position right it should be one of the hardest positions you've ever had uh just from the standpoint of the amount of competitors we go up uh, against the um the industry and the expectation from you know the, from the moment you get there you have a lot to fight against you know that expectation that you know that we're, we want to be a five-star service in a one-star industry well it's a one-star industry for a reason so you're starting at the bottom you got to work your way up rather quickly to show the difference um and you have to be on to do that and it's not always easy to be on it's not always easy to be the best version of you, uh, which is why I created Glow, which is um, like uh, this, that, that's where Glow came from. It came from one of my, my, my roughest times in my sales career. I was like, I need something to bring me back in here, right? So what are the things that help me move the needle? What, what are the things that keep me grounded? Gratitude, listening, observing. And then when I do that and, and, and the intricacies that come with that, you win. And it's it's so simple, and that's yours too. You you made that up. Oh, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't create the word glow, but yes, uh, I, I think we have to you fight the gorgeous ladies of wrestling on that. We might have to fight them on that because oh, I don't know if they got I'll the. I'll fight them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, but yes, that that that's mine also. But that that's where that came from. It came from, um, you know, it, it's not. So how do I do it? Uh, you have to ha possess the ability to compartmentalize. You really, really do. If if things aren't going your way. Okay, let me put that. It's, is, is it not helping me right now? Is it, is it doing anything good for me? No, it's not. I'm going to put it down. I, I gave this analogy on the peer group. If I don't mind, I'll do it now. Like if you hold this for five minutes, right? It's not going to bother you, okay? All right? If you, put, if you hold this for two hours, 
it's going to start to hurt a little bit, isn't it? Your arm's going to get a little sore. It's going to start to feel, uh, you know, you hold this for 24 hours straight. You're not going to be feel. You're not going to be able to hold your arm up anymore. So it's the whole idea of just like learn when to put things down. You know, and when you put things down, then you can breathe and you can focus on the task at hand. So a lot of times we're holding too many things and we have to start putting things down. That's how, that's you, great. That's how you battle through Love it. it. Yep. So cash, coachability, absorbability, sustainability, <clears throat> and? Harvestability. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Uh, so this is, this is really what we're echoing right now, right? Harvestability. Um, we just did a, a two-day webinar on this. I know we're going to touch on it, but this is a big inspiration. This is so from top to bottom. This is an ideal solutionist, and I feel like any an ideal sales professional in, in any realm. Um, but harvestability: Do you possess the ability to take nothing and turn it into something? And do you have the ability to harvest it? Right, plant the seeds, water it cultivate it, make it grow, the long haul sale, right? The, uh, you know, you're knocking on a neighbor's door, you're walking into a business, harvestability, no, you know, I call it the fat cat syndrome. We don't, we're constantly battling that. It's all well and good to get leads. And when things are going great, it's awesome, right? Six, six estimates a day, everything's, it couldn't be better. Um, but what happens on the days when it's a little lean, when yeah, maybe it's seasonality, whatever the case may be, what are you going to, now you have to be able to be uh, the person who harvests um, your opportunity. And so harvestability is a big part. It's actually my background. I came from a business to business sales world. That's where I started. Um, and, um, you know, the ability to harvest and cultivate business where there was none before is something that we really are having a strong focus on and will continue to have a strong focus on because this is your cash analysis right here. Uh, if you're going to be successful in the sales world, you have to possess these, uh, possess these things. It's awesome. Yeah. So there you have it. Cash, yep. coachability, Cash. absorbability, sustainability, and harvestability. Yes. I love it. Yes. It's oh, fantastic. Thanks. What's this gear shift? Um, well, it's kind of in line with what we just talked about. We just, we just did a YouTube video on this or a video on this. Um, you, you remember when I brought this to the table. Yes, yes. And you loved it too. And so I kind of gave the backstory uh, to this. But, uh, you know, I don't want to keep harping on the fact that, you know, sales is tough and, right? We all know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> rack racket. Yeah, we get that. Um, and, and, but, you know, the, the best of the best are the ones that are able to fight through that dark time because everybody, inevitably, the harder you're in sales and the more you're into it, the more you're going to face those times. And I remember just being in my car in a bad way, just struggling mightily. And uh, it, was a, it was affecting my, my, my attitude, my results, and, and even my relationships, whether it was uh, in and around my career or even at home, you know, because sometimes you wear it. You wear what, what's happening to you. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe that part of what defines you is what you do. And uh, if what you define, what defines you is not working, well, that can really have an effect on you. Um, so I remember, you know, in my car, raining, pouring down, and I didn't want to get out of it. As a solutionist, rain or shine, we go out there no matter what's going on. And uh, I just sat in someone's driveway, and I was just like, I don't want to get out of my car right now. I just don't. And uh, I looked down, and, and I had the car was off. I had it in park, and I go, that's me right now. I'm in park. My engine's not even on. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Um, and then I said to myself, you know, I want to be in drive. But I said, without drive, you're only in park, reverse, or neutral. And then I kind of gave that breakdown of that, you know, like park, your engine's off. 
it's like, what the heck? Like, you're just, you're done. Um, neutral is a little more promising. Like, you know, you put a car in neutral, at least you can kind of push it a little more easily, you right? Somewhere. Yeah, you can roll it a little, <laughs> you, you know. Somewhere you'd want to. You make some progress, <laughs> but still, it's not on your own behalf. It's someone kind of, you know, inching you and pushing you along. And then reverse, which I obviously... You know, it's 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 that that moment where you stop believing in everything you did to get where you were in that moment, and you move away from it. There's nothing scarier than that. It's being in reverse and moving away from what already made you successful. So without that's amazing. That's yeah. a quote. That is like a, a Yogi Berra. Yeah, uh, going quote. backwards sucks. Without it does. It does. <laughs> without drive, you're only in. Say it again. So, so without drive, you're only in park. Reverse or neutral. I like the way park, neutral, and reverse sounds better. It just flows a little better, but either way, you know what I'm getting at. So, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so, it. That's good. so that's what that's about. Awesome. So I, I want to talk a little bit about um, the, the last thing that you talked about, harvestability. Mm -hmm. For anybody who's in sales, especially um, in home service sales, and not necessarily having the full plate of leads, mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you harvest? Uh, we did this whole quantum solutionist. I'd like to maybe tie that in how we did that, but also how, how are you harvesting? Uh, you know, a, a lot of it has to do with the lens that you look at things through, uh, look at things through. Um, one of my, one of my biggest pet peeves is that we look, we look at the lens, look at things through a lens where we see nothing. You know, in other words, I'm at a, I go to a, a house, let's say, and, uh, person doesn't want anything to do with me basically right ah you know i got a i got a price for two thousand dollars less blah 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 you know it's not going anywhere and you can't fight through it and then you just go back in your car and you drive to your next one now you, you got a neighbor here you got a neighbor here you know you drive you drove by halfway down the road you saw a gutter hanging off a house and um you know so we don't look at things through the lens of opportunity so basically what that was was learning how to look at things through the lens of opportunity and understand that there's no such thing as bad opportunity. There's no such thing as no opportunity in and of itself. Um, so that's where that came from. So harvestability is basically the, I'm not going to stop until I get something. I'm not going to stop until I cultivate uh, something where there was nothing. And, you know, we have that story. I think you talked about it on that, on that call. Um, when we did that, the webinar about when I walked up to somebody's house, the gutter was hanging off the house. And this is when I first started Cause I, you know, you, you guys made me hear my way. I didn't get, I didn't get a full plate of leads when I first started. You guys were testing me. Just well, that's as cause much you as were late to the interview uh, and you uh, ghosted me. Oh, so that's, <laughs> oh, that was payback. <laughs> payback. It, it makes sense yeah. now. It makes sense. All right. You ran me through the ringer. Fair enough. Um, but you know, that was, that was another one where this I went. have sustainability. <laughs> I, I think I got it. I, think I, I passed so far. So good. Um, um, but you know, that I remember that it was on a cul-de-sac. I went to the house. It, it was a bunch of nothing and, uh, which happens. It's the way of the world, uh, especially in sales. I drove by, I remember driving by and I saw this guy's gutter hanging off. I saw him outside. I was like, there's no way I'm driving. No matter what happens after this appointment, I'm going back and I'm stopping in there, even if it runs overtime. So that's what I did. I saw a window of opportunity. I saw a person outside. You, you can't be afraid, right? We talk, and, and Tommy Hawkins talked about this, about the fear factor. Isn't it? You, 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 there's no reason to be fearful. You know, who better than us is what I always say. Uh, the way we represent ourselves, I say it's the keys to the Lamborghini. Why would you not go out there and show it off? And, and we should be doing that. Um, so I walked up. The guy was outside. He approached me. He knew who I was. He knew what I was doing. You could tell I had, you know, the, the vehicle and everything wrapped. I had my, my uniform on. Um, and uh, he said, hey, can I help you? And I said, oh, I was hoping I could help you. 
And then immediately his all his guard got let down. And I was like, come on, man, what are you doing with that? You know, and I started talking. Like, <laughs> how, how long has that been like that? And I started joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but that, that's it, man. It, it, it's, it's not, you know, we can, we can easily get caught up in what we don't have. It's always, you know, that's, that's the problem. But my gosh, we have so much. We have so much we could be tapping into. And that was really it. And, that, and you know, my hat's off to Tommy Hawkins and the work he put into that uh, on the residential side of things and the time and the effort and the money he put into that um, to present this for the greater good, right? Uh, I mean, if that doesn't speak to who we are, then I don't know what does. Uh, and absorbability. Then, absorbability. Boom. Right? Boom. He I went mean, and learned it, then he, he did. gave it back to us. There you go. So and it reminds right, me, right. too, of um, a book. It's an older book. But it's, it's a great book and it's still relevant for today because a lot of people, I think, today are so caught up in wanting the easy route or wanting immediate results and not wanting to put in the sacrifice and the pain and suffering sometimes that goes into uh, uh, getting that harvest. Yep. Right. And putting the work into it. And, and they're always looking, you know, at the grass over here, or over in this state or that state or this market is yeah. oh, this okay. market or that market is better. <sighs> you know, or these people are just cheap here and not <laughs> as much money as people over here. And they make up all these excuses. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think Russell Conwell in Acres of Diamonds just shows that if we just open our eyes, like you said, to the opportunities that are right in front of our face. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's gutters everywhere. Right. They're, they're, they're everywhere. They're around us everywhere. Absolutely. You know, I mean, right. I know I'm guilty of it. I used to do sales. I've driven by houses where they were doing complete renovation and I didn't pull into the driveway. Because I was yeah. just being lazy and I just wanted to go to my appointment and do what I ever had to, I had to do mm -hmm. that day instead mm -hmm. of being, you know, a harvest, you know, being a harvester and a go-getter and yeah. getting after it. So, um, this is great just cause this can keep you on track and, um, yeah. And that's what I mean. It's like, it's like a self check, it's a self audit in essence, yeah. you know, like am I, if you're not getting the results you want, take a look at these right here and yeah. you're, you're probably missing the boat on one of them. Right. For sure. So the tough question. Mm. All right. So you put yourself in a, um, a really cool position, but it's also a hard position because you're getting asked by franchisees to invest in their solutionists. And sometimes you got to come back to them and say, I don't think this is the guy. Right. Or you got to make a decision. Um, how do you see that play out? And, you know, more often than not, do they hold on to them for way too long? Or are they able to cut ties? What, what, what stops people from making decisions? You know, that, that's a really interesting one. I think, I think the biggest thing, and I think we're moving away from it now, was that they, they were afraid they wouldn't be able to find somebody. Just as something as simple as that. Like, why would you hold on to somebody because you have fear of finding somebody? Go ahead and step in that role. That's, that's the whole idea anyway, right? I mean, if, you're, if you manage a restaurant and your bartender doesn't show up, do you just say, oh, sorry, no drinks tonight? Right? No, you go in there and you, you get behind the bar and you serve drinks. That's the way it works. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the mentality we need to have is like, don't have a fear of that. Have, like we say, have a fear of keeping them too long. Um, but that information is interesting because, and it's not, it's not a spin, okay? I don't, I, don't, I don't want it to come off that way. But, you know, whenever I work, and it doesn't have to even be within the program. I mean, I, I give people my time whenever I can. Uh, and and, and, and it, it means something to me to do that regardless of whether or not it's in a program. But what I like about it is that if I tell somebody, hey, listen, if we do work together in any capacity, 
there's going to be two things that happens. All right. We're going to, we're going to have success and we're going to grow and we're going to get you to where you want to go, at least begin that process. Or we're going to find out that the person who's in that position is probably not the best fit. Um, both of those, in my opinion, and now I don't want, I don't want anybody to lose their job. This is not where this is coming from. This is coming from the position of what's best for the business, what's best for the success of the business. And, um, you know, that, so it has to be said, uh, you know, Hey, Mr. Franchisee or Mrs. Franchisee, this is a good result. We found out now we know now we need no further investment. Um, we gave it our all. There was, there was a reason we did it, but this is good information. Now you have to go ahead and now it's good to know. Now you have to put it into action. Now I will say there's been other sides of the coin where, you know, depending on where uh, a franchisee is at in their business and, and the level of urgency there is, I will maybe after two meetings have a real frank conversation and say, Hey, something needs to change quickly. This is, this is not going in the right direction. I don't see the behaviors I need to see and something needs to change. And what I do, I do that for a reason. I want to shake them up a little bit. Is that to the actual solutionist or you're the, telling no, them? This is, this is to the, 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 the franchisee, the owner. Oh, okay. Yeah, the owner. And uh, it's an exercise in this. And it's just like, wake up. All right. Now, it doesn't mean you have to do anything yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know something right now. And I, and I want to say it to the, where it kind of like, whoa, okay. You just woke me up a little bit here. There's a little, little dose of reality. And what, the reason why I do that is not because I want that person uh, to, to lose their job. It's because I want to get them invested more in that. Don't, this is not just a me show. This is a you show also. So it's more designed to like, hey, you need to step up your game too if we're going to make this work. So we both need to be investing in this person. And then we'll find out. So kind of a, there's a lot, man. No, it's okay. awesome. <laughs> it's, it's great. Some nuance there. That's for sure. There's some nuance there. Because it's very sensitive and, yeah. and there's a time to let people have an arc as an employee. Yes. You know, if, if we let everyone go after, you know, two weeks, we'd probably have nobody here mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that there's an arc. Only once in a while do you get a superstar out of the gate. Right. And I love that you gave this because you do have a litmus test. Are they coachable? Can they absorb? Can they sustain? Are they harvest harvestability? Um, how, how would you influence a cash culture? That's a great question. Um, I mean, it has to be, it has to come from a place where you're unapologetic. So it's, it's, it's really, this is like, this is the standard. Okay. And if you roll this out as the standard, uh, for your sales culture, for your solutionist culture from the very beginning, then it will be glaring when anybody's below that. You know, and I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it has to be out the gate and it's not, it doesn't mean it's not too late to, to embed this into your, uh, into your process and everything that you, uh, you want, you want to be. But I think there's something to be said for a standard and, you know, and, and we're, don't let that standard slip. Uh, I, you know, you guys are big on that. Ken, I know you're real big on that. Like don't, don't ever slip below my standard. Right. And, and, but it's not like we're out there cracking the whip or anything, but it's just like, this is what, this is the expectation. We can't slip below it. And if you are okay, why? Um, so it, it has to be rolled out from the very beginning. I mean, this is, this has always been there. This is again, just another way of saying, you know, what oh, yeah. the expectation should be. Yeah. Good way to remember it. Good yeah. Way good to way to remember it. Um, but it, it has to be set as the standard and it's just like with, with culture. I know that's an overused word and, and uh, a lot, but, uh, you know, the reason why our culture is so strong is that the second anybody, kind of is out of pocket with within our culture they they stick out like a sore thumb. oh my gosh right yeah and and so if this is your standard here 
then that sh they should stick out like a sore thumb if they're not adhering to some of those standards. That's yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Yep. So when you're doing this whole cash thing and uh, teaching uh, the stuff that you're teaching here, do you see a direct correlation between the uh, coachability, absorbability, sustainability, harvestability, that belief and behavior right there that you're articulating? Um, do you see that there's a direct correlation between the level of that of the person that owns the business, uh, which is being passed on or not passed on mm -hmm. to the solutionist. Oh yeah. And, and that be being a cause of maybe their lack of performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so, and that's what typically happens, right? When, uh, when, when things get tough as an owner, um, we, we tend to lose belief, right? And that's, it's really worth noting because, and I think in the sales world, uh, it's not about, you know, like let's say in this world that we're talking about here, it's not about convincing somebody that the leaf guard that we're offering is better than somebody else's leaf guard. The customer doesn't have to believe you with that information, but they have to believe that you believe, and that's the difference. So if, if the owner lacks belief, see the job that when we say, when we talk about, uh, you know, casting vision, it's really casting belief, uh, belief in what we're doing. When you lack that belief, are you able to cast belief to your, your employees and other people that are in your business? No way. No, they can smell it a mile away. And uh, that's typically where uh, things kind of tend to go south. Yes, it's fixable, um, but it all ties in. It's, it's all about, they, and, and again, your solutionist doesn't have to believe everything you say but they have to believe that you believe and they, that you believe in what's happening here. And we talked about it today. What's your why and your how, right? Anybody can buy gutters from anywhere, all right? Within a, I think it was in a 30-mile radius. I think there's 47 competitors in our area here, all right? Uh, and probably, I think we stopped counting. I think there's probably even more than that. So what is going to be the, the why and the how um, that you possess, not only in, in, within your business, but within, you know, how you're managing it? And uh it was really telling today. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like boilerplate answers on my, you know, my why for my family and all that stuff. But I really called upon people to think a little deeper than that. Think a little deeper about what the why and the how is, because if you don't, if that's not the foundation of everything you do and you're not able to translate that belief to not only the, the employees, but the people that you, uh, you work with your clients, you're dead in the water. I mean, so it all comes from belief and translation thereof. I love and when it. you sense that with an owner that's not and it's translating itself throughout the organization, it's particularly making your job harder for you. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that um, can be done, you think, to get that owner to be back on track so that you could do your job to help him with his solutionist? You know, you know what it is? And, and it's, it's going to sound simple. Success. It's, it's getting some of those wins. All right. And, uh, and it's what we wrap in and around those wins. Um, you know, we, we need to get something positive. And typically that's when the dial starts to turn just a little bit. And sometimes it's gradual. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, this, I see it now. Um, but really it's as simple as that. And one of my biggest things is I dive deep into like that first week. I'm like, all right, we got to start generating some wins here. How do I coach just to like, I'll, I'll pull up some accounts. I'll do whatever I can. What's going on with this? How do we get this to turn over? I see some notes on this. I want to generate wins. I want to generate positive momentum. Um, and therein, once you get that little bit, you can start building on that because it really does come from a like in that scenario. Now, I mean, not every scenario. Like I said, sure. some people work with me because they're good and they want to get better. That's fine. Um, but in that scenario, we just need those little wins mm. and then we celebrate them and then we talk about them. Uh, and then we tell them, Hey, 
ask your customer why. Why did they do? Why did they go with you? All these little things that we forget start to matter again, and then that flower starts to blossom, and then we start to grow. So that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So we have just a tiny bit of time left here. I'd love for you to just give us an overview of your Supercharge Your Sales. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an awesome program that yeah. you came up with, five weeks. Um, can you just give us kind of like a overview of what do you do? What do you concentrate on from week to week to week? And what are you hoping that you leave them with? Yeah. I mean, I always start off by saying they're all like, they're all like fingerprints. They're all like the same, but different. Okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, so let's walk you through that first, that first meeting. That's really a feel out. You know, let's, let's get a feel for where we got to go. What we got to so you're remote. On. You're yep. hopping on a yep. sales remote. meeting. Yep. Sales. It's in Who's and around there? a sales meeting. So we would have your solutionist, obviously. Uh, I prefer to have owner if possible. Um, almost non-negotiable for me, actually. Uh, if we can have presence from the field, that's, that's valuable as well. Even back office, all are welcome. Um, I think there's something to be taken away because I, I said it today, we're all solutionists. So if we're going to talk about providing the best solution, let's, let's get as many people in on this as possible. Um, there's something everybody can take away. And it's also good to have a healthy understanding of a certain department and, and all the nuances that go into it and how they all connect, right? Um, so that, that's it. So it's a five-week program. It's about an hour each session. Uh, runs for five weeks, like I just said. I don't know why I said that twice. Just want to make sure it's everybody knows. Now it's ten weeks. Now it's it yeah, just doubled up. Ten weeks. <laughs> um, so, and, and really, what it's designed to do uh, is is it's see. There's so, like I said, there there's so many uh, different reasons why people take this on. Uh, it, it really all depends on what we have to hone in on. But really, what it's designed to do is provide extensive training or training above and beyond what you get when you come through here. Uh, to come through New York for that one week. And get you to the next level, or get you, uh, you know, on track, whatever the case may be. Uh, but it's it's there's it really. I think you you said it really. Um, I think you said it perfectly, Ryan, to me one day. You had said something to the effect that like, yes, we, when they come through here for that one week, we they can walk out of here, perform an estimate, do all those things. But there's no way we can give them every single thing that we know and we have. And this provides, I think, just an amazing opportunity to give that that extra, that, that advanced, um, you know, the techniques and all the different things that we talk about that we really can't touch on in great detail in one week's time. Uh, and I think that's where people are really finding the value. It's not, that, like you said, it's not that we're holding out, it's just like, all right, we, ha- we have to hone in on some things here, you know, in, in one week, we can't give you all those. And now, now, and I like it too, because especially for uh, some of the new locations, you know, if they, they're out there for a month or two, they get a feel for the position, and now we can kind of grab them back in again. So when you're coming in, you're doing five weeks, you're establishing a, a sales meeting, mm-hmm. you're ob- ob- observing, but yep. then are you running their meeting? Are they running their meeting? How are you How are you trying to leave them better than when you, yep. how you so found them? I, I'm, I'm typically running them. There's actually been one where I've observed the meeting, which I was like, all right, I'll, I'll run with this. Let's see how that works. And it ended up being pretty... I learned a lot and and also they learned a lot. So that was a, one approach, but for the most part, it's me running the meeting, okay? And, uh, you know, we run the numbers, we review sales tracker, we, we explain what the sales tracker means, we get into detail about that, uh, what the numbers are saying, um, you know, and uh, how I can read them and know exactly what you're doing and what you're not doing and all that good stuff. And then, and then we focus on, all right, uh, you know, what's, what, what's our weakness here? Oh, it's, it's callbacks. I, I don't have any time. All right. Let's focus on that. And uh, so it's in and around a sales meeting. So yes, 
Typically, most of my sales meetings that I conduct will have some form of training, but I would say this probably has a uh, more. Okay. Uh, and that and that's I think that's a good thing. I think that's what people really want. They want that structure of a sales meeting and how it should look and feel, but they also want more training uh, to get where they want to go. That's great. Yep. That's awesome. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job. Thank you're you. bringing Absolutely. a level of professionalism to our organization um, to be able to have you just dedicated to helping our franchisees improve their sales has been a game changer, you know, so I appreciate it. I know you have a lot more in you. Oh yeah. I can't wait to see. I know you got books in you, speaking engagements in you. Um, it's been awesome. And I'm so glad that you got uncomfortable and, uh, you came with us because this is a fun journey and, uh, I'm really, really psyched to see not only what you're doing, but I know that there's a lot more for Uh, you. Thank you. That means a lot. And, and, And thank you for the platform in which you've provided for me to do that. So you're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Grow With The Bros. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and definitely share with somebody you think would find value in this. Catch you next time on Grow With The Bros.